0: Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher, Sarah Perry. Hi folks, this is Sarah Perry and welcome back to Haven Space. Today we are going to be talking about the fetish of trans bodies. This is the very... Like typical idea of sexualizing somebody's body who you assume has um, kind of mismatched expression of gender and genital configuration. This in many ways is super problematic, but we're going to explore it because it's a fetish. So let's have a conversation about what that looks like and how to turn it into something positive and amazing. By the end of this podcast, you should know um, what trans fetishes are, a little bit about history about trans bodies and the sexualization of trans bodies. We're going to talk about Um, the different types of genital arrangements for trans bodies and how you can easily bring pleasure and acceptance into your sexual interactions with trans people or people on the trans spectrum, Um, how to date people who are trans publicly and how to do so with all of the awareness of the risk that trans bodies um, have to live with especially at the hands of cis men, um, and how we can go about making this happen for yourself and your partners with all of the consent, respect, and pleasure that your bodies and the bodies of the humans around us are capable and worthy of. So first of all, we need to talk about how trans surgery came to be. And when we talk about trans surgeries, we're talking about gender affirmation surgeries, which are any of the myriad of surgeries that a person can undergo to make their physical body appear closer to what society has deemed to be either masculine or feminine and to fit what the person feels like inside. There is a scene from the movie Viva which is about um, a series of drag queens living in Cuba where one of the main characters is trans and makes a speech about how they are more themselves through decorating their body in the way that they see fit through injections and implants and makeup and wigs and dresses and heels than by kind of acknowledging this person that they were by birth, simply because us having the choice to express ourselves and exerting exerting that power actually gives us more freedom. It actually Shows the world who we are much more than some type of trivial characteristics that we were just randomly assigned. If we actually think about it, um, people who are traditionally feminine and appear feminine actually go through many lengths typically to appear that way. Women in today's society shave hair off of their bodies, they get electrolysis, they get rid of their mustache, wax their mustache, pluck their eyebrows. And that's just when it comes to hair. Um, When we're discussing things like our lips should be more pouty or more red, our eyelashes should be longer and curlier, we go through so many extremes to appear closer to what we think society wants us to look like. That we can actually say that we're all kind of coerced into our gender. Now, I'm not gonna go on on this whole big conversation about sex versus gender on this podcast. Guarantee in the future, there will be a podcast where we kind of break down biological sex and problematize the idea of biological sex, whether uh, genetically secondary sexual characteristics, whether we're talking about external or internal genitalia, this is not what we're talking about today. We are not going to be discussing intersex individuals. We are not going to be discussing people who have kind of um, different arrangements of genitals than the majority of the population, which, mind you, is still about 2.5% of the population. Today, we're going to be talking about people who are um, choosing to portray themselves in a gender role that may not look traditional or may not be traditionally what our society said that they should be. We should always take it with a grain of salt because everybody comes from a different society. So we may assume that something appears feminine or masculine, that in a different culture is in fact the opposite. But when we keep in mind that people get to choose how they present themselves, then we can have all of these other conversations. Well, the access to gender affirmation surgery um, or what used to be considered a sex change surgery, really access to this was kind of starting right after World War II when we had the technology to start um, surgically changing genitalia. Mind you, a lot of trans people never go through any kind of gender affirmation surgeries. A lot of trans people uh, don't have access and privilege to be able to afford them because we know that our insurances don't pay for that. Um, they don't pay for maybe hormones and medications that it would take. So the inability to have access or the, or if people don't even have the want to go through them, that doesn't actually mean that the person is intersex. It doesn't mean that they're less Intersex, it doesn't mean that they are less the gender that they feel that they are. So we should acknowledge that every time we have these conversations. The idea that gender reassignment surgeries are uh, kind of a rite of passage for a trans body is, um, is really fantasy and isn't really encompassing the entire experience of what it's like to be a trans individual. So these surgeries at the very beginning were really problematic. In fact, all genital surgeries, even nowadays, even with the technology that has improved so much in the last 50 years, 60 years, we still have very high rates of problems from the scar tissue created from any kind of genital surgeries. And this, I'm talking about labioplasties and I'm talking about um, vaginoplasties we are talking about anything that really involves any kind of cutting and sewing into genitals. Why? Well, our genital areas have so many nerve endings. All of the skin in the genital area is super important. In fact, when we do research on circumcision and the later consequences of the amount of tissue that is removed and damaged during circumcision, we know that circumcised. Penises tend to have a lot less sensation than penises that aren't circumcised. We know that the tissue on the outside of the shaft of the penis is actually supposed to be soft tissue. It's supposed to feel like the inside of a vagina and it doesn't. It becomes callous and dry and it feels like the top of your epidermis, a completely different sensation than how it should feel naturally. But the important thing is to remember that Not every trans person wants to or is able to undergo bottom surgery. This doesn't change who their gender is. It doesn't change who they are as a person. So it's extremely important to have these conversations and these expectations. Most trans people that I have spoken to are pretty sick and tired of people wondering and questioning what their genital arrangement looks like. And that seems totally fair. You don't walk around assuming that people have a specific genital arrangement. In fact, all of your life, you go by with people wearing pants or covering their genitals, and not once do you tend to think, I wonder if their genitals are what I expect them to be. So it should be no different with trans people. We should not have to um, demand that trans people disclose their genital arrangement even if you're about to sleep with them. So keep that in mind. If you're a person that is intrigued by the idea of a trans body, who thinks that they would be open to the experience of dating a trans person as a soul as a as an energy that deals with this type of life and all of the kind of intricacies that transsexuality actually causes in your life, then go for it. It is important to note though that an idea that you may have in your mind about what it's like to fuck, to date, to feel and share and connect with trans bodies is in essence eliminating the beauty of what it's like to be a person. You are deciding already that somebody's body being configured in a way that is Different than from what you may have imagined is such a turn on that you're actually negating really the experience of getting to know that person. So, like I've said in a lot of my other podcasts, for example, in the one about threesomes, what you really need to be looking for is somebody that you make a connection with. That needs to be step one. If you happen to be attracted to, for example, the most fetishized, form of trans bodies would be a body, the person who has not had bottom surgery but has had top surgery, who is a coerced male at birth, transitioned to female, is the body of a person with boobs and a penis. It's super fetishized. It's one of the most commonly searched terms on porn websites, and it makes perfect sense because most men who have curiosities about interacting with a penis also have been raised in a society where they're only comfortable with femininity. So we're making this kind of transgressive stance where we still have access to playing with a penis, to the penetration that can come with a penis, ejaculation, which is super highly fetishized and of course has been taught in every sex ed course. So it doesn't matter how you grew up, you always knew that and ejaculation is a sign of pleasure. So therefore, you demand it in kind of your own sexual interactions, and in fact, may fetishize the ejaculation itself. It makes perfect sense that you'd be attracted to the penis, to the phallus, to the idea of penetration and ejaculation, and still want all of the other symbols that the media has fed you, which are bouncing boobs, and a beautiful jawline, and luscious lips and curly eyelashes and the idea of that feminine part that you kind of are connecting with, with your face and where your face is being separate than the area of your body that is being penetrated. So there is a ton of research done on the intimacy factor of any kind of oral sex contact versus just intercourse and how intercourse, missionary style, doggy style, spooning style intercourse rates lower in intimacy than it is to put your face, your mouth, face to face with someone's genitals. So let's acknowledge that when people fetishize, um, especially a male to female trans body, what they're really fetishizing is the disconnection from the responsibility of engaging in queer behavior The responsibility of acknowledging their wanting to be intimate with a penis, which is something that society has always said we should kind of be hush-hush about, like interacting with dicks when you have one means that you're gay or queer, but that's not actually the truth, and we all get to define who we fuck and who we fantasize about, and actually our thoughts are not up for policing. So, trans bodies themselves, especially those that have undergone any kind of bottom surgery, whether it's female to male or male to female, deal with um, scar tissue damage that becomes a part of their sexual lives forever. A artificially created vagina collapses, so they have to be dilated regularly. In fact, um, as a an exercise routinely have to be dilated and from the beginning have to be dilated in very painful ways. So this is not um, something that will be a small part of the sexual experience with a trans body. Similarly, if a male to female person has decided to undergo bottom surgery, that surgery itself carries a lot of scar tissue. While everybody's genitals started off with the same tissue in utero and kind of arranged a little bit differently. Bottom surgeries actually use these knowledges to shape vaginas and penises out of the same tissue as each other, just like our bodies already have. Um, it is similar erectile tissue. Clitoral tissue also has a corpora cavernosa, which is the same exact kind of tissue that penises have that, that makes it stand up and get erect. So that tissue is already there. It can get reshaped and re put together. But when we have sex with people who have had these types of surgeries, then dealing with the scar tissue and scar tissue reparation is super important. So I would recommend absolutely going to see somebody who does sexological body work. Um, somebody that does somatic sex coaching or sex education and is able to literally put their hands in that tissue and use um, castor oil, for example, and other tissue breaking down techniques to help ease that scar tissue and allowing the erectile tissue, regardless of how we've shaped it now, to fuse together, to merge together in a way that is healing and in a way that allows that tissue to reach whatever potential it can now reach. Now, a lot of times people with trans bodies who have undergone bottom surgery have their own emotional trauma And that is a separate issue. How could you not have emotional trauma when you come from a society that is constantly demanding that you um, out yourself and that is constantly demanding that you tell people what to expect of your general arrangement, right? So of course, dating somebody who is trans requires that you have this awareness. Another thing I think is extremely important when we're dating people who are trans is recognizing that the biggest danger to a trans body is a cisgendered body. Specifically cisgendered men are known for violence, um, reactive violence. A lot of times um, a trans person will be forced to out themselves long before they develop any kind of connection with someone simply because it is not uncommon for a cis man to respond violently after they've developed some type of attraction for someone and then finding out that that person was uh, born male or assigned male at birth. And acknowledging that you are, in fact, the biggest danger to a trans body is a huge part of dealing with the respect and the care that it takes to open up. So while there are a lot of specific Profiles and websites that you can create to look for people who are trans, if that's what you're targeting. You should know that trans women and men are on these dating apps, acknowledging that they are being seen as one of three things either invisible, because somebody didn't take time to read the profile, because so many people just scroll through, um, they are being completely fetishized as a trans body. Therefore, someone's not really interested in getting to know who they are. Or they could also be being exposed to people who are curious but have never experienced this. It's not super common for people to have a lot of experience dating trans bodies. And I'm assuming that every single time a trans person dates someone, it's a lesson in patience and in learning. So first things first, the way you should approach every sexual encounter, is to talk to the person about the names that they have for their genitals. A person with a trans body, whether they have or haven't undergone top and bottom surgery, may have different names for their genitals, may have different phrasing for things they find sexy, touch me here, do this. So some terms you may hear are things like click, the idea of Um, a clitoris that is now masculine. It's a masculine clitoris. You could say click. Um, Similarly, some people say things like manhole instead of pussy. And being able to use these words that people have identified their own bodies with are key ways that we can connect with people sexually, make sure we stay in the mood and turn them on, and honor exactly what they want to be done with their body. Another thing that's important to note is that all bodies, regardless of genital arrangement or of surgery or of trauma, need to be touched exactly the way they want to be. And we all have different erogenous zones. And I can go on and on about ways to find the G spot and the P spot and the A spot, but at the end of the day, we all have different bodies and we all like different things. Some people may love edging. Some people may love getting fingered. Some people may hate getting fingered. Some people may like to penetrate only with a toy or dildo or strap-on and not with um, a penis they were, for example, born with or are deciding not to use or are in pain using. So Acknowledge this when you're fucking someone whose body is different than what you were born with and even if they have the exact same kind of body that you were born with. How many women have I slept with who absolutely did not like to be touched or licked or made to orgasm in the same way that I do? We are all completely different and it is not surprising that the same goes for trans bodies. It is also completely acceptable to date somebody just to have sex with them. But in the case of trans people or people of different races or different cultures in you, nobody is a shiny new object for you to fuck. And if that's what you want, then you need to be clear about it. You need to say, hey, I've always been curious about trying this out. Is this something you're willing to explore with me? And set your boundaries up ahead of time because there's really no reason to lead people on in today's society. There are plenty of people, trans and otherwise, who are willing to just have hookups And when they're ready for a relationship, it's their prerogative if they want to continue engaging with people who are just looking to hook up. So honesty is the best medicine. It's important to note that dating a trans person doesn't change your sexuality. If you are a cisgendered man, dating a trans woman doesn't mean that you are now gay. It means you're dating a trans woman. Similarly, you can't assume that a trans person has a specific sexual orientation. Just because a person presents themselves as feminine and was born with a penis, that doesn't mean that the person only likes men or only likes women. In fact, people are actually attracted to whatever they're attracted to, regardless of their gender expression. So if you are looking for a trans person to date... You can start by looking at apps that actually allow you to choose more than binary gender. One of these apps is Tinder. There is also Bumble and OkCupid, and some of the queer apps like Her have this possibility also. And there are, of course, plenty of websites that come up if you look up trans dating, but remember that a lot of these may be clickbait and maybe websites meant to target you because they know that is something you're fetishizing and is coming up in search terms for you. Now, how do we go about doing this? Well, put it on your profile if this is something that you really like and are interested in trying out. Also, put on your profile if you don't know that it could lead or wouldn't lead to a relationship, but be truthful. Similar to any of the podcasts that I have already lectured you on, you should know by now that getting tested is important regardless of your if you are planning on fluid bonding with someone or not. Other things you may want to think about are being respectful about what an ideal first date for a trans person would be instead of assuming that you already know all the best places to go and be seen. Our partners, especially those that lead lives with a special kind of risk factor, should be given the respect of getting to choose exactly the dynamic that they're comfortable with. So there you have it, folks. Here is the lowdown on kind of how you go about approaching a trans person and why you shouldn't actually fetishize a trans body, but instead try to find it inside of yourself to look for people who you connect with of everybody. Thanks for listening, and I'll check you out next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.